the Suns lose to the Lakers. 122 to 119. Suns Geek is here. John will be here later. But right now, Suns Geek, I thought the Suns had this one. It's kind of <laughs> back and forth to the five, the five-point lead, the ten-point lead. Like, oh, they got this. No. Cam Reddish redeems himself and wins the game for the Lakers today. Your thoughts? Yeah, we were, we're talking backstage. We were talking backstage, man. And I said, right when Cam Reddish hit that corner three, I knew it was over. I knew it was only like a four-point game or five-point game at that point or whatever. But I was like, yeah, game's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like Cam Reddish got a lot of crap last game for the Lakers where they, you know, LeBron swung the pass his way to hit a game winner. He missed it. They're like, why would you go to Cam Reddish in that situation? Well, tonight, Cam Reddish was knocking him down. And LeBron was knocking him down. And in very important spots in this game. Suns turnovers again in the fourth quarter. Miserable fourth quarter for the Suns. The team is not yet together. Bradley Beal looks a little winded still in the fourth. Can't count on him for a full game yet. But still, you want the win, right? And most importantly, Suns Geek, what are you drinking tonight? Because I actually have something. I have a little bit of leftover wine. So a little bit of wine and Suns. What What do you got? Unfortunately, I'm not as cool as you, man. I am drinking water, but if it means anything, I've had two cups of coffee today, and I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. So. <laughs> you know, do you cut the coffee off at like 3 p.m. or when? Because I usually do 3 p.m. cutoff. That's yeah, I, cut off. I totally cut it off after 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or when I can't really drive anymore and I just <laughs> disoriented. Um, but yeah, so Sun Tzu lose. Jamsters hang in there. Let's get through this together. John will be on a little bit later. And uh, like, subscribe, all the good stuff. And let's go ahead and start this pod. One twenty-two, one nineteen. The Lakers over the Suns. You kind of thought the Suns would have run away with this one at at a certain point. You kind of thought, you know, the ten-point leads. Maybe they can crack this one open. But no, just a turnovers, pesky turnovers by the Suns, pesky threes by the Lakers. Kind of, you know, gave the Lakers some life. This whole game, they hung around. They finally pulled off. I hate that in the in the fourth quarter when it's you know the beginning of the fourth and the Lakers go on that run, hit a couple threes, get the big uh, you know fast break to go up one. And you hear, oh, Lakers haven't led the whole game till now. I always hate that because you yeah. kind of know it's like, okay, it's over. They got the momentum. The team that always never leads the whole game and comes back in the fourth quarter to get that little one-point lead, they take over. But let me just ask you a few questions to start the pod. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. At the court, right? Your reactions on the court, how it looked with the jerseys, the LVA jerseys, with the tournament court. Did you like it? I like the court, but I don't know if I like the jerseys on top of the court. But what did you think? I love them, man. I am. I take back everything bad I said about the the jerseys when they first started started being leaked and everything. I take back everything that I said. I think they look clean. They are growing on me. I tried my best to rock my city edition go. stuff tonight, <laughs> including the hat. Like you know that. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I still got my. Uh, how do you pronounce it? El Valle? I probably just El El Valle. Yeah, I got that hat yeah. on the way. It's it's being shipped to my house soon. Um, but yeah, I'm a fan of these, man, and I I do understand that you know maybe the the purple on purple doesn't really look 
great, especially on TV. Maybe it looks a lot different uh, in person, and I'm sure John will tell us about that later. But I like these, man, and I, I really do love the cord as well. And I, I do I do just have to say this. I understand that maybe like the bright colors and the all-purple cord isn't for everybody. But for some Suns fans who may not know, we used to be called the Purple Palace. And now we actually have a purple court. So yeah. I absolutely love it, man. Um, and again, they're growing on me. I love the court. And keep in mind, Suns fans, that we actually have two of these courts. One of them is a city edition court, and this one was the in, uh, in-season tournament court. So I'm on board. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, you know, I, I do like the – when they first started the game, I kind of didn't like it. I thought yeah. I kind of lost some players. I didn't know. Like, There's an uh. inbounds pass. I'm like, where's he throwing that to? I'm like, Beal's over there. So like, you kind of lose them. And I thought like, you know, oh, they're playing half-court defense or full-court press, but it's just like the actual like yellow or the gold from the trophy in the middle, and it wasn't a Lakers player. So kind of confusing to my old self at certain times. But overall, I mean, it's cool. I love the whole thing. I think today they released all the, the courts at once playing. Yeah, there was a lot so. of gray. Yep. I want them to use more colors than other ones. But speaking of the guy hey. that actually released the first pick of the courts. Let's go. John Voida, live at the game or somewhere. What's going on, John? How was the game, huh? Can you hear? In the words of Suns Geek, technical are you, difficulties. <laughs> are, you, are you in the accounting room right now, John? Is that where you're at? I want that shirt, John. All right. He... <laughs> <laughs> he can't hear us right now. So um, we will go ahead and just go ahead and let's talk about something else. We can talk about the first quarter. I mean, they did start off with five turnovers in like the first two minutes. Frank Vogel did talk about that at halftime. Yep. And as soon as you can hear us, John, just go ahead and jump in. You good? Yes. I'm <laughs> okay, cool. stadium Wi-Fi and back on 5G. All right, perfect. Yeah, that stadium Wi-Fi does not work. I think that's something after the game. It just doesn't pick up anything. Uh, but we were talking about the court. So you were the one that released the first pick of the actual viral. court on, on Twitter. In person, what did you think? Uh, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? Like what it looked like on TV. Because being in person, it's just – it's it's a lot. It's a lot on the eyes. Uh, as the game progresses, it's basketball at the end of the day, right? So we get used to it. You know, your eyes adjust. But it still was – it was a lot. I I don't know if it grew on me as the time progressed. It frustrated me more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> like I told – game. I told the geek in the beginning that I couldn't really see the players sometimes on the court because it just leaks into the, the court, those jerseys. So – the court itself is cool. I think the whole concept is cool. I think that the color, even from all the teams, I think it's pretty neat, pretty unique, obviously. But it was kind of frustrating at times because I would lose track of the players. And I was just like, where are they inbounding the ball to? I'm like, oh, Bill's standing over there. So sorry, Jamsters, I just repeated myself. Um, I think but- it's a good idea. I think it wasn't executed very well. And as I watched it, I thought, you know, somebody got paid for this decision. <laughs> and... Yeah. Like, what does it, what's it feel like to be that guy, right? Like you get paid for that decision. You're like, all right, here's, here's my concept. Okay. We're going to make these courts and we're going to put a center stripe down the middle and it's going to be glorious. And then you see all the reactions on Twitter. And for those of you who saw the photo that I tweeted out, uh, you know, and shout out to Drew who actually sent me that photo. Uh, you you got to sit there and, and, Drew, and you Eubanks? Take a, <laughs> Drew Banks, no, uh, my buddy, Drew D'Angelo, uh, you take a look at it and you're just like, Oh, all the feedback that these are getting is not good. And are they going to allow me to design the court next year? Because I didn't do a good job this year. Nobody really likes it. Did you guys like it? 
Yes, I love it. I, I do like the I like the court. Love. I just don't like the jersey working. on top of the court. I think it's the fourth time I said that already. But I, you know what? The thing is, is I, I think it was just Adam Silver. There was that report released. I think it was from uh, I forget who released the report. Just kind of a follow up of how the whole situation took place. And Adam Silver just kind of pushed it last minute for a lot of the courts. And I don't know that they were specific with which courts were kind of last. But it was like a quick decision, like, okay, let's do it to make sure it just pops. So everyone knows, of course, it's an in-season tournament. But it was just like, I think it was him. I think it's Adam Silver that it was just like, let's do it this way. I'm sure the concept was drawn up. But he's like, no, flashier, more color, more this, more that. You got to know it's in-season tournament. So I think it comes down to him, right? He's going to take responsibility just like the All-Star game where he says, it's his fault the players don't play hard. So he'll take responsibility again. Why not just put the NBA Cup logo in the middle Yes, and call it a day. I don't know. Like, remember back know, when, right? the, when the finals uh, trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy, was behind all the logos. Yep, and bring court? that back, NBA. You could do the same concept with the NBA Cup. You don't have to make it gross. I don't know. It was fun yelling in the stands. Like anytime somebody would fall, you're like, it's because of the court. <laughs> I will say this though, in all fairness, like the NBA and especially Adam Silver is continually like they're they're always going to experiment, but sometimes that's not like always a good experiment. But I also will say this is that and, and I'm sure you guys have seen them on Twitter as well. There's so many great like I don't know if graphic designer is the, the correct phrase here, but lots of people that create concept courts that are a lot better than what we actually got. So I'm kind of torn on it. Like I respect the NBA for experimenting. But again, you, you go on Twitter, there's like 10 better courts out there that you can find. Just saying. Yeah. And they're, they're definitely really pushing this too. If you watch the pregame on ESPN, Suns Geek, Brian Windhorst went off a couple times about this is the in-season tournament. The Lakers got to come out. They got to be strong. And like, it was so forced. So like, you just under the table paid that he was just, it seemed so fucking fake. And it was kind of funny because to see the other reactions around him, they were just kind of like, what is And this? the players but too, dude. The players, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> even way. Frank Vogel at halftime, like we said in the beginning, we're going to win this tournament. Like, I like this whole situation. Yeah. I do. But you already know the players just think it's kind of dumb. Like even... um. I think it was who was interviewed at the Boston Celtics game. Was it um, either one of the two stars? Tatum. Tatum was saying that he's like, they asked him about, you know, is this a big win for the tournament? He's like, yeah, I guess it's like you just want to kind of win every game. So it's like, you know, the players don't really care as much. I know it's a lot of money, but they're just like so they think it's kind of dumb, I feel like still. So it's still kind of forced, but I like it. I'd like it a lot better if we won the fucking game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters is just the actual game. I didn't even think about it as going towards the tournament. Like yep. it's just a game and it's the Lakers, right? Always so. adds more drama and spice when it's the Lakers. But even Kevin Durant, like a week ago or whatever, he said, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was like, they were talking about the in-season tournament. And he said something like, I don't know. It's just like another game on our schedule. He didn't exactly say that. But he <laughs> yeah. pretty much said that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So want to talk about a few players, John, or any reactions from being at the game? Like anything I'll that stood out? I was so distraught after the loss. I walked all the way down here and left my phone in the cup. And I had to walk all the way back to my seat <laughs> to get my phone because I was distraught. I was frustrated, man. That fourth quarter, I mean, we can talk about individual players, but we can talk about the team overall yeah. to begin with. A 14 to 2 run again to start the fourth, again. Like the Lakers have beat us twice now, folks, twice this season. And both of it is because of shite fourth quarters what did i say to you matthew 
All we had to do was win the fourth quarter. And we come out and we're discombobulated, can't hit a shot, can't hit a layup. We allow them, being the Lakers, to do what they want, hit open threes, gain momentum. And then, you know, as much as I love Kevin Durant, and we will talk about Kevin Durant and how amazing he was tonight, he felt that the weight of the world was upon him, and he forces himself into difficult shots midway through the fourth, where Grayson Allen is on the side in the corner just hanging out, handing out his his phone number to chicks on the sideline, you know, just being like, hey, uh, I my dad's a lawyer. And if you need any assistance, I can I can I can help you because he's got the time. And what happens? Grayson Allen finally gets a shot late in the game and he fucking nails it. It's like we should have been doing what the Lakers did to us, and that's allowing the role players like Cam Reddish, like Rory Hachimura, like Torian Prince to cook and empower them, and they didn't. And it's just frustrating that again, again, four and five, not the end of the world. But it's frustrating to see in the same movie, like over and over and over again, where the fourth like quarter last begins. Season. <laughs> yeah, it is though. It's the same thing. It's like that fourth quarter starts. We can't shoot. We turn the ball over, and it's just. I'm tired of it, man. I know it's only nine games in, but like every time we lose, it's. This game should have been an easy – we should have coasted. The, the frustrating thing about that is even though I just said it is kind of similar to last season is we have a completely different team, a completely different coaching staff, but yet we're kind of seeing the same results. And we've seen this team absolutely explode and go on runs, and then for some reason in that fourth quarter, we just cool down, start turning the ball over, Things just don't go our, our way. I don't think it's going to be I, – I, I'm praying that it's not a trend all season long, but we need to nip it in the butt fast. What do you think, I, Matthew? I agree. Matthew, do you? Yeah, I'm kind of going both ways. I just – you know, so says Jay just says, you know, Booker's not playing, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but the thing is, like, this is a winnable game. I think this Lakers team is just dog shit. I think leaving Cam Reddish that open that many times, even though he was on fire, is just that's, why that's I dog we shit too. Lose. It, you know, a, a loss is a loss. Just like a win is a win. Just like last game when Nurk hits a game winner. Hey, win's a win. It was a close one. At least we got the win. This should have just been a win. I was talk, talking with Suns Geek in the in the third quarter. I almost said the fifth quarter. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in season tournament. Where does that fifth take quarter. place? Yeah, five quarters. What are you guys doing? Go get back out there. <laughs> um, yeah, in the third quarter it was like five five point lead, ten point lead, five point lead, ten point lead. They just couldn't put them away. And then you start the fourth quarter. And, you know, the Lakers hit two threes, big threes, and then they get that fast break. But before that, I thought Vogel would probably call a timeout. And who they have on the court, who to rely on, it's like KBD and Goodwin trying to knock down threes. I like the KBD threes. Two two back-to-back threes by Goodwin, man. Just, oh. Yeah, yeah. He was like, no, I'm going to make this one. So that's tough to watch because you're relying on those guys. But then you went towards KD most. Well, KD wanted to – I'll just play his drop. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players ever played a game. He is so fucking good, Kevin Durant, man. Watching him in in person every time, it's just like, dude, what's he doing? That was amazing. Dude, why is he going? Uh, That was amazing. He's just, he's so good. What was his stat line, Matthew? Uh, he was, let me see, I'm going to say 39 minutes. Yep. Going a little slow over here. 39 <laughs> minutes. What is it? Oh, 39 minutes. 
38 Buffering. points, nine rebounds, five assists, 13 for 27 from the field. He had four threes. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, pretty insane. And at times, I mean, 13 for 27 from the field. At times, you're like, why force the ugly shot? You know what I mean? But it is KD. And when it goes in, when he goes on that 9-0 run in the third quarter to kind of take over the game, you're like, all right, maybe he'll win us the game. He kind of gets us back into the game. We get close in the fourth quarter. But then no one else really picks up the slack around him. But I just think that's just not having Booker. And I just think that's just not having Beal to his 100% capabilities out there. His first three quarters were really fucking great. I mean, the first half he had 20 points. But when he doesn't have that other guy, it just it sucks for KD. I think he knows when or when to not take those shots when you have another star next to him. But right now, he's just like, if we're going to win this game, I got to make these shots. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, if we're going to win this game, KD just has to go off again. And I think he just tried his best. Um, but there are some shots, man, where he just throws up there. I'm like, God, that's an ugly shot. But then he hits like that triple team three coming down the floor. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, So it's a back and forth thing. And we love KD. I love having him, watching him, of course. But sometimes it's just like, damn, like he just needs some extra help for the full length of the game. And Nurkic did his best to help him out, I feel like, in this game. He'll get the help. I mean, we all know that. That's why you can't overreact. You can be frustrated in the moment, and that's what's occurring right now is frustration in the moment because losing to the Lakers is never fun. Losing to the Lakers on a court that really kind of makes you kind of, whoa, isn't ever fun. Losing an in-season tournament game, we are learning now, is never fun because this is the first time. But we know help is on the way. We know that we're just over 10% of the way through the season. So ultimately – it's, it's the fact that we've lost to the Lakers now twice this season, a Pacific Division rival, in the same manner. It was the same script. And that is what creates frustration. And that is where, you know, when So Says Jay says in the chat, like, just checking, Devin Booker's not playing, right? Correct. But it doesn't negate the immediate reaction of frustration that's occurred. Kevin Durant, great game. Uh, I just wish that the help around and Bradley Beal had a great game too. I like, I really enjoyed watching Bradley Beal out there and seeing the way that he played. Uh, and I love the fact that he had that nasty dunk that I can totally substitute into our drop. So we don't have to look at wizards. Bradley <laughs> yeah. Beal anymore. Someone commented, I think it's the Aussie Suns fans podcast. Like, can you, can you put the, get rid of the those, like stuff. the wizard stuff, put some sun stuff up there. Gosh, I'm working it. on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, just really quick too, Iverson vlogs in the uh, chat did say or give us two dollars each on these comments katie needs curry to win uh, yeah, so far i guess time. every yeah, time yeah and then he third lead comments, of the season <laughs> the spurs yeah, at least we got some money for it and the spurs um yeah third blown lead this season with the spurs twice and then the lakers yeah and, the lakers fact, twice. I, you know Sorry. i'm having a conversation about that you think about it if the Suns don't fucking shoot themselves in the foot you know right now they're seven and two Preach. Think about that. I mean, they are a seven and two team. They've just fucked themselves with the way that they've started third quarters or, you know, the refs not seeing KD get raked across the face against the Spurs, you know? So again, this is a team that is on the precipice and we've talked about it before, Matthew yeah. and Geek, I'm sure you have as well on your channel. Like this team is so close to just ripping off like a 10 game winning streak, like Preach. right on the mm -hmm. precipice. So it's the, the sky isn't falling. Uh, the sky just doesn't have any clouds in it right now. And it's frustrating because I miss clouds. I'm going to agree <laughs> with you, John. And just real quick, just to kind of, you know, final, not really final thoughts, but just some thoughts on KD. Final you thoughts remember, we're 19 minutes in. I know. <laughs> no, I meant 
Final, Final thoughts, thoughts on, on the KD, KD. Yeah. or the fifth KD. quarter situation. Yes. All the above. <laughs> but, um, just real quick, you got to remember who Kevin Durant was battling out there with tonight. It was LeBron James. And if you look at the numbers, besides maybe the shooting, they were pretty close across the board. So you know that he probably wanted to be the star of the show and take over. But kind of like you mentioned, John, didn't really have too much help out there tonight, even though I thought Bradley Beal was good. Nurkish. I also thought Eric Gordon played a pretty good game. Just saying. But again, we just we're not a hundred percent. We gotta really nip these fourth quarters in the butt ASAP. We can't allow other teams to go on runs. So I'm gonna kind of play a Kevin Durant defender there. Um, I thought he looked really damn good. And and like you guys mentioned, that one shot that he had where he was, you know, I think it was D'Lo trailing behind him, had the blinders on, just drained that three. Then he had like an and one that was kind of similar to that. Double, triple teams didn't matter. Kevin freaking Durant, man. But we just got to win these fourth quarters. Uh, two things really quick. John, your backdrop looks awesome. You've never looked better, I feel like, on a podcast. It's like HD 4K right in the middle. It looks Is really, it really? Yeah, it looks fucking great. <laughs> uh, second thing, let's just let's talk about Bradley Beal. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley. Boom, boom. 20 points in the first half. It was so fresh and just, it was so nice. It was so easy, wasn't it, from him? Like, in the first quarter, I was like, oh, Bradley Bill, he doesn't want it. He doesn't look like he wants the ball. And then seven straight points. Then he gets nine out of the first, like, 13 points for the Suns with a huge dunk. And KD said, you know, that really started their, their run there, getting the crowd into it. Um, man, like, just he's, like, squirting these little shots, just sprouting out of this chaos of defense around him. It's just so nice to see that from him and just to know what you really have for two quarters, two and a half quarters, maybe, but it just, obviously he's not there yet. He had a big shot in the fourth, but then just kind of hit away. And I think Katie kind of knew he was just, you know, kind of spent and he, he landed on his back after one play. I think he got up and he's like, Oh, that was, that was dumb of me to do that. Cause he just went up for the dunk and you know, the put back, then he just missed it and just landed on his back that was kind of scary because he got up a little little sore, it looked like, but I think he's okay. I'm just scared to see him being not being able to play on Sunday. But you guys' thoughts on Beal? I mean, it looked fucking great in the first half. John, you want to take this one first? Me? All right. Yeah, you first go. Off, I got a text from Dave King. I think I got him ride home. Hold on. Uh-oh. Oh, is he drunk? <laughs> What's going on over there? Well, I'll start off with Bradley Beal, man. First off, I do agree with you. He probably is going to be sore tomorrow. Let's pray that he's not. Let's pray he wakes up feeling great. And you are right. Probably the first half was a lot better for him than the second half. But I will say this. If that was Bradley Beal at 75%, I am excited to see what he's going to look like at 100%. You know what I mean? Because he literally took over in that first half. And it wasn't just the offense. Like We all know what Bradley Beal can do on offense. Even though there was a couple times he surprised me in a good way tonight on offense, I thought he was sacrificing his body a lot, trying to take charges even if he got called for the foul. thought he played okay defense for the most part. He was trying out there. Looked like he was running the floor a lot better too than in, in terms of you know that first game against the Bulls. I thought he looked great. And again, if that was Bradley Beal at 75%, Give me the 100. I cannot wait for Bradley Beal to be fully healthy and fully active with Devin Booker. It's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, you have those moments where you're like, oh, shit. You got Bradley Beal on this team. Like, he can create his own shot. He can hit that three ball. Uh, he's athletic. He, he's shifty. 
you know, it's one of the things that it makes you understand and realize why he sat out so many games with a lower back issue and why he was being tender with it is because of the way he contorts himself on the court and in the air. And that's what ultimately kind of led to that, what looked like was potentially an injury. I haven't seen a replay of it yet. Uh, it happened on the opposite side of the court in which I was sitting, but you saw him get up. He was very ginger. He was trying yeah. to stretch it out. You're like, oh shit. But it's because, you know, so much uh, stress can be held in that lower back area. And when you're somebody like Bradley Beal, who is a pure athlete, pure athlete, and he's contorts himself the way that he does, it obviously affects the way that he plays. You could see the fatigue again, and you can, and it's understandable as to why uh, he slowed down at the back end of the game. You can't really fault him for his efforts. Uh, he was subbed out with about six minutes. They brought him back with about four because they were just trying to give him a little bit more rest because he's he's getting back into playing shape. And, and you're right, Geek. If this is him at 75%, when he's at 100%, that's mm. going to be such a vital and, and scary tool for the Phoenix Suns to utilize on the court. So uh, great seeing him. It was really fun being here for his debut in Phoenix. Uh, it was kind of fun. I was like, oh, shit, this is the Bradley Beal debut against the yeah, Lakers. Yeah. Well, Lucky you. Um, Jack Booker does uh, make a good point, but I, I disagree with it. Bill, Book, KD equal points, but who brings the D? And he's talking about defense, right? They can all probably bring the D. <laughs> but I'm honestly thinking that Booker's defense has improved. He's he's a great defensive player, I feel like. KD's held his own. I feel like when you have him with KBD and Nurkic down there, he's he's been fine. That's fine for me. I think Beal definitely at times he's smaller out there, man. When you actually see him in the Suns uniform, trying to play defense on anybody out there, he just is small. He hi kind of hides away from it, and the injury might have something to do with it too. You know, he doesn't want to further injure himself by taking a charge. There was one where LeBron's coming down the lane, and he's going to take the charge, but he turns the last second, lets him go by. He's like, "I'm not doing that. Like, I just got back to playing basketball." I want to make sure that I can, you know, help this team out down the road and not sit out another 15 games or so. But I, what do you think about their defense, though? I mean, the defense tonight, it looked good at times. I think it was just our offense turning off, turning, having those little turnovers that just killed us in the end and in the beginning of the game. But, you know, our defense kind of just not rotating around to Cam Reddish, who they just honestly probably thought wouldn't make it. But our defense, it's, it's been okay, right? It's kind of held its own in a way. For the most part, I mean, if you know Frank Vogel, like I think we're all going to know Frank Vogel at some point, this defense wasn't good enough. And clearly it wasn't because we lost. But you're right, especially in that fourth quarter, especially down the you know final stretch of the game and all that. Oh, that's such beautiful artwork. Look oh at that. God. Yeah, so that sucks not right going now. to a game yet. It's just I not know, right? seeing those. <laughs> but real quick with the defense, though, just what I was trying to say is obviously it's going to get better. We hope that it's going to get better. It can be better. And I think it's more about figuring out the defensive personnel. Like, and in, in, in my personal opinion, they should have left Tari and Prince wide open, not Cam Reddish. Yes. Even yeah. if Cam Reddish yeah. was the worst player in the league, you at least know he can hit that three-point shot. I would rather have Tari and Prince make that shot over Cam Reddish. But I will say the Suns are being competitive on defense. This, this is the NBA, dude. Guys are going to make shots like... You probably saw a lot tonight how LeBron, you know, kept getting switched switched on, or Grayson Allen kept getting switched on LeBron. Grayson Allen did all you could, put a hand up in his face, contested LeBron, but you know you're not going to be able to, he's going to make the shot either way. Uh, but the Suns just got to execute better, better rotations and all that, better defensive personnel. And again, we're not 100%. We'll see. 
but it, it can be better. Hi, John. Yeah, it could definitely be better. And hey, I'm popping in and out. I'm about to. Yeah. Save, <laughs> Where are you? Teaming. I'm coming down the escalators. He's oh, gonna yeah. save King, man. Yeah, He's I was, I was taking him. it in the accounting offense, and now I'm gonna. I got to pick up Dave King and give him a ride home. John has a badge now to the arena. He can enter anywhere. If he's not getting his uh, credentials to go behind the scenes, he can definitely go into the office and just hang out, probably eat their candy or whatever they have up there at the, the reception There's area. There's candy. I took a shot at the at halftime. Nice. <laughs> Did you? Oh, nice, dude. I forgot they still they still do that, huh? Well, of All course. Right. Yeah. You got to get crazy, about... get wild. This guy was wild tonight. Nurkic Watch. Definitely the best photos on this podcast. Just that jaw structure looks really good. Um, you know, he held Anthony Davis 0 of 6 in the first half. Even playing defense. I think having KD being next to Nurkic helps out a ton. Just both defensively down there in the post and actually grabbing rebounds too. Real quick. Before yeah. I leave, Dave King just wave. Hey, hey, Dave King is my son's daddy. There you go. Dave King is our son's daddy. I'm going to log off. I will not end the podcast. So. Go all right, you, you go, two, go be home. careful tonight, all right? Guys. Don't get too crazy. I will. All right. That's great, man. Shout out to Dave King. Yeah, shout out, dude. Great guy. <laughs> great guy. Great two guys. Bunch of good guys over there. All right, so what were we talking about? Nurkic? Okay, yeah, oh, Nurk. oh for 6. So my big question is with Anthony. Sorry, Jamsters, this is, a, this is a fun pod. When we lose a game against the Lakers, you just got to kind of have fun with it this early in the season. Nurkic 0 for 6. I mean, Anthony Davis was 0 for 6 against Nurkic. All right, I said that three times. But do you think Anthony Davis is just kind of washed in a way? Like, where is he? In the subreddit, they're like, where is Anthony Davis? I don't know what to think about this guy anymore. Or is Nurk just that much? I can't say it. Is he better than Anthony Davis in these type of games, a physical game? Anthony Davis is just gone. He's not really relevant. So, your take on Nurk putting up another good stat line tonight, man. I mean, Nurk was 14, had 14 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He's not turning the ball over as much. He only had the two. He's finding KD. He's finding the cutters. You cut, he'll find you. His play tonight was just astounding again. You count on him for so much. You feel comfortable with him now on the court, having the ball in his hands. Honestly, I want him to start every possession. I want it to go through him every time. If he doesn't touch it, I'm like, God, that sucks because I trust the dude. But your yeah. thoughts on Anthony Davis and just the way Nurk did play tonight. Let me start with Anthony Davis first. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Suns fans okay. are probably going to hate me for this. But let's be real. It's Anthony freaking Davis. He's not washed yet. He's just coming off of an injury. He, When he's fully healthy, we all know he's probably a top 10, top 15 player in this league. I mean, he's fantastic when he's healthy, but he just did just come off of an injury. But to get to the important question about use of Nurkic. Can we just address the fact that Yusuf Nurkic in back-to-back games almost had a triple-double? So that's now pretty much two games where he almost had a triple-double. Just got to say that. And you're absolutely right, man. This guy, as Monty Williams would say, is a connector. But I'm serious. He is a great connector. He's a great passer. I normally don't care what they say on the ESPN broadcasts, but I think one of the – I forgot who it was, but somebody brought it up saying like – saying that – Nurkic is a better passer than he is a rebounder, which is kind of a stretch, but it's kind of true. And I love that because that's what we need more of. And this could go back to those terrible fourth quarters we're having. Maybe the ball needs to be zipping around more. Maybe the ball movement needs to be better in the fourth quarters. But Nurkic has been doing great. 
trying to do it all out there. And then just in terms of what he did to Anthony Davis tonight, I think he took advantage of the injury, played bully ball, got to his spots, posted up, you know, active hands, did did all that he could out there. Um and, you know, speaking of the rebounding, the rebounding probably could be a little bit better, but that's a whole team effort. Although we did win the rebounding battle tonight. Uh, I think it was like 52 to 43. What'd you yeah, think? they 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 killed them. I mean, I mean, the Suns were shooting like 41% compared to the Lakers 40, 49% entering the fourth quarter. So you were wondering, like, why are they ahead? It was the threes, and then the Lakers just caught up to them making their threes. That was basically the difference. Um, you know, the rebounds, the Suns are killing it on the, gra- on the glass. This year, they've much improved from last year. Uh, but there's also just, you know, Nurk is, he's a guy that took a lot of, I guess, yelling at, you know, from Katie and the, the rest of the team trying to figure things out. And they still talk a lot, which is good. You see his interviews after the game. He's just still trying to figure it out. Sometimes those interviews with him and Beal are kind of uncomfortable. Not a lot of joy in those interviews. You know, them trying to figure each other out. Beal dealing with the injuries, not knowing what to do or how to prepare for games with a back injury. Kind of hard to watch. So I stay away from them. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear Nurkic say something that's going to be taken the wrong way. Because I think that's how he is. He voices his opinion. Um, you know, I guess, I guess, kind of in a way, DeAndre was that way, but he kind of was just a little different, right? But More Nurk will be straight. He'll, he'll be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nurk will be straight. Be like, yeah, we. It sucks having a game. I don't care what my stats look like. We're losing these games. I'm not playing good. But he's not, they're not blaming each other yet. They're trying to figure out the kinks and like the little, like, you know, the cuts, whatever they can do to find each other better throughout these games to make things easy and to get those 20 point leads that we've kind of been waiting for. You know what I mean? When you get to 10, can you extend it? They need to start extending those leads and not get too comfortable. Um, yep. There's a few guys, there's a few other guys that definitely want to talk about. Um, there's a couple, but it's not, it's not good though. All right. This is, <laughs> this isn't good because these guys, Two of my favorite entries of the season, but they've just kind of fallen off. So let's let's get started with I don't want to read Josh Akogi's stat line. I'm not gonna look don't at it because it. I know it wasn't good. <laughs> His threes were way off. He didn't want the ball. I think he slapped away. He's like, ah, oh, take that shit. I don't want that. His free throws. Awkward as hell shooting those things because he doesn't want to touch the ball. He looks scared of it right now. He knows how bad he's playing. Do you think we talked about it last pod though? I mean, I don't really care because he came into the first quarter like he's he had some big plays to start. I mean, he drew a charge against Anthony Davis. There you go. That's his. Uh, that's the Okoye I like. But nothing else really great for the rest of the game. Where is he gone? What are your what's your take on him? What he could do to get better? Him falling out of the starting lineup just really hurt him, right? Do you think it hurt him hit right in the heart, or is it just like just a mental thing. What, what do you think it hurt um, that, man? I'm a little torn on the Josh Akogi stuff. Maybe I need to go back and look at some more film, but sometimes the eye test is right there. And tonight, let's be real, I didn't see much. The only thing I really saw was he had a really nice, almost offensive rebound that I think was led to like a turnover or something. I haven't even seen him much on defense lately. So again, maybe I need to go back and look at some film and maybe... It is because he was pulled from the starting lineup. But Frank Vogel's been talking about that since like day one. He says, we're going to experiment, especially with the the starting lineup. He pretty much said, we don't have really a fifth starter. And now we're seeing it because Kata Bates-Diop is pretty, or at least for right now, is our fifth starter. And look, we all know he's a liability on offense, uh, and he really shouldn't be. You would think with the weapons that we have on this team that he would sort of be a low-key threat out there. 
you, you wanted him to improve that three-point shot during the offseason. It doesn't seem like he did. No. And or he's just having a, a, a string of bad luck. I'm still going to believe in Josh Okogie. I'm not saying he should be starting, but I'm still believing in him. But I will say this. I can only defend him for so long, and tonight was not one of those nights. Yeah, Freddie uh, Mirman does say o- Oki Okogi is only effective against smaller lineups, period. That's true. Yeah, it, it's definitely true. But I do like, you know, the size he plays with on the court is bigger than what he looks. Yep. Um, he's a big physical dude. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you got more from him than what we expected when he first joined the Suns, right? Now there's higher expectations from him. Now he's out of the starting lineup. And before I get to KBD, I do want to talk about uh, Yuta. So Yuta, I don't know if John's withholding the drop or not, but it's such a good drop. So let me just go ahead and play it really quick. Yuta, the shooter. He had um he had seven fouls within I think two minutes of the game. Now nah, he got <laughs> abused. There was a stretch there in the second quarter where he came in and he had three fouls within a minute, basically getting four fouls. I mean, he was going up against LeBron James. He was going up against Anthony Davis in those situations. They're going to abuse him. So two things, Yuta, what your thoughts are on him? But should they put in Metsu? There's some chat. There's some stuff going on, some rumblings in the chat right now that Metsu needs to see the floor. So Metsu is a power forward center, right? The way I see him is like Yuta has a size too a little bit, right? Just put Metsu in there. In his spot, I don't care what position he is. That guy's smooth. He'll run, he'll not run the offense, but he'll move the ball. He'll hit a corner three. He can do that, but he makes more sense right now than Yuta. Yuta's getting abused on defense again. He's trying his best, right? But it just doesn't look good. Him taking a mid-range shot didn't look good. Not because it didn't go in. It's just because the release, everything was just forced towards the defender. It didn't look like he followed through and couldn't follow through, but it was a shot he shouldn't have took. But what are your thoughts on him, man? I mean, it's pretty disappointing so far from him, right? Or else did you not expect too much from him this year? That's the thing. I think I expected a little bit more, but maybe that was just the offseason hype because we obviously had an incredible offseason. We were so excited. You know what I mean? And I was one of those people. I was sort of preaching. I was like, oh, man, Suns fans are going to love Yuta. Yuta's going to do this. Yuta's going to do that. I think I was overhyping it a little bit too much. But this is also where I'm kind of torn on this as well, just like with the, with the Josh Akogi stuff is – Maybe he's struggling because defenses are so focused in on him. And sometimes players just need to see the ball get into the basket. Maybe that's why Frank Vogel keeps trusting him. But at the same time, I will say this, Frank. maybe Frank Vogel is going to say, okay, you know what, this just ain't working anymore. Let's try a Metu. Let's try player X. You know what I mean? Let's just try something else until further notice. Yeah, and so I'm torn is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. And if you watch Dave King, he was on PHNX the other day and he talked yeah. about, you know, the fact that Vogel's gonna go in stretches and increments of games with these guys playing the way they're playing in the certain same 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 amount of minutes, same times during the game, same lineups to see how it works. It's early in the season. He doesn't want to just do a one game. Like, that doesn't work. Change it up. So maybe this is the game that kind of puts him over the hump to put in Metsu, to put in a little more, to try to Mix Try things up a little bit more and just to realize too. I mean, another thing is, of course, and we'll always say it is Booker's not back yet. He might be back next game Sunday or the next, the following game. They're at home again. I forget who they do play. So Jansers, let me know. And that's one thing, but also Bill's not hundred percent either. So there's always those two things. The only thing is just this game was definitely a winnable game. That's the most frustrating part 
you had LeBron just kind of pick and choose his minutes tonight to come in when he wanted to, to kind of cut the lead closer, then take a break, then come back in and then just take that lead from us. LeBron was a factor, man. LeBron was a wrecking ball, dude. I don't care how many people, how many people hate me for it, but he's, he's fucking, he's amazing at his, dude. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that. Dude, he's amazing at his age. 32 minutes on 11 for 17 shooting to go along with 11 boards and six assists. Like crazy. You can't, you can't stop that. And what did I say about Grayson Allen? Or I know Grayson Allen's like not a good defender or whatever, but like Grayson Allen literally did everything he possibly could. Yeah. Even KD and whoever else was guarding him. Like you, you, you can test the shot. You put a hand up. It doesn't matter. It, the ball's going to go in. And again, it, it's the in season tournament. It's against the Suns. You know, LeBron's going to play a, a level higher than he normally does. And he's doing this at what, like age, how old is he? 38, 39, 40. I don't know, but you get the point. He was incredible. Yeah. And I agree with Kiko G blah, blah, blah. I sounded just like everybody else on ESPN. LeBron. I can't believe I did that. I can't. I wish I can. Get the know, LeBron effect, man. <laughs> and then just erase that, man. That was pretty bad. Um, let's see what the Lakers fans were saying though. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Subreddit stakeout brought to you by um, Steak Escape. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have a sponsor yet, but if you're out there, that please place hit us is up. so good, by the way. <laughs> I haven't been there for, I don't know why it says Steak Escape. Dude, it's, it's so, so good. good, but I haven't been there in like 10 years. Because it's subreddit stakeout, get it? Every yeah, time I'm at Arrowhead Mall, when I did live in Phoenix, I would go there. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really I don't even know if it's at the mall. I haven't been in the mall with my homies in a while, so so <laughs> they're not big fans of Reeves. So I don't know. I want your thoughts on him a little okay. bit later, you know, because there's a lot of trash talk yeah. about him, but I still I like I still like the guy. I think he's gonna come through in games and he's gotta build him about build himself back up this year. Now Lakers suck. What am I talking about? So the first <laughs> one is get this hillbilly fuck out of the game. Maybe we can trade Reeves to the Spurs. Anything we can get is an upgrade. Dang, they are not having it this year. Trade Reeves for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. There you go. They actually said trade Reeves and Christie for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I don't know who Christie is. Doug Christie? Max Christie. Yeah, Max Christie, there you go. Yeah, yep. yeah, I don't know who he is. I literally don't have an opinion on AD anymore. So we talked about that, you know, just them not really knowing what to do with this guy. Um, there was a guy in the comments saying, I'm a Lakers fan, I want to trade him. Because you can't count on him. You just you don't know what you're gonna get, but he's untradeable. More untradeable than Harden. They're not trade. They're not trading Anthony Davis. I'm sorry. They're not, not going to. I don't think they can. Is that right? And LeBron wouldn't allow it. It just wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Even if you got like back like an incredible package, it, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and then also LeBron restoring Cam's confidence, Cam Reddish's confidence. Uh, this game just showed that D'Lo has no place on this team. So D'Lo, it's the most fascinating player i feel like on this team like his fans are tripping 19 points nine assists so he's always a scapegoat i feel like but he had 12 points at the half i'm like how did he have 12 points where did that come from yeah, right i know that too i was like what yep. but then he hits you know he sets up his teammates when he can anthony davis a few yeah. good plays but i don't know he's not too bad so is there a player you feel like is the most overrated out of those three reeves Anthony Davis or D'Angelo Russell? Well, I guess D'Angelo Russell would be underrated, in my opinion. I'm going to pick on 
Austin Reeves here, but it's really not his fault. It's social media's fault and Lakers fans' fault for completely overhyping this guy from day one. And I will always be salty about this. I will always be bitter about this because I believe it was last season. He was like one or two spots higher than Devin Booker in the all-star voting. I will never forget that. I forgot if it was last season or the season before. That's just because the Lakers fans, you know what I mean? The bandwagon fans. Austin Reeves is the greatest player of all time all of a sudden. And now he's kind of being humbled in a good way. Hopefully it's good for him. I mean, he did have 15 and seven tonight. I'll give him props. Sometimes players do need to get sent to the bench to kind of wake up a little bit. And, and, and again, I don't really care what they say on the broadcast, but they did make a good point. They said like, Hey, you're, you're being targeted now. You know what I mean? Cause everybody yeah. knows you again, going back to social media, Lakers fans, he's targeted now and defenses are learning how to guard him. And we'll see. But I think he's sort of a little overrated, though. Although he did play on that Team USA team. Got to give him props for that. And then real quick, I just want to say this. Again, Suns fans, don't kill me. I'm just going off of what I see here. I think D'Lo is a little underappreciated because we all know he can score, but he's made a better effort this season to be a better defender. And I saw a little bit of that tonight, even if it was just him picking up 94 feet. Just saying. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that he's a little underrated and he is a scapegoat and he'll put up some big numbers, but he's just always there putting up some big points. I don't know. I don't know. It's a a weird thing. Like I didn't even know he had 12 until later in the game or in the first half or however many he had, but yeah. And even if the, if the Suns win tonight, you know, they'll probably take it out on them. They'll be like, it's his fault. You know, it's that for Anthony Davis sucks. So the Suns jam session, subreddit stakeout. Jam star of the game. All right, Gigonians and Jamsters out there, please rate, <laughs> subscribe. Five star man. Both we're both five star men. So rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or even on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, do that. We're at 4.9, so just get that back up to five. Um, it'd be nice, and I'll send out a little tweet and say thank you, Jamsters. Um, but uh, yeah, like, subscribe, all the good stuff right now. And jam start of the night. Um, Katie, what do you think? You know what? Just because it was his best game as a Phoenix Sun, I know it's only a two game stretch, but I'm gonna go with Bradley Beal, man. That was my jam start of the game, but okay. realistically, probably Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a Katie. I do. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from KBD, and we'll talk about him a little bit because we have a little bit more, uh, a little bit of extra time. So, Maya B does say KD easy money. Um, the court, yeah, jam star from Los Suns. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a Kogi from Co- Corey Flynn with zero <laughs> with a zero makes. Yeah, I've got pretty nasty out there. Uh, Kiko G jam star is KBD. Yeah. I do see what she's all there. Oh, yeah, KBD and KD. I like that a lot. So let's see, Maya B, KD. Did I just read yours, KD? Oh, Maya? Jeez. Jam, Akogi. so fast. <laughs> I know. Plays Megatron, KD. Jam star of the game from Ready Minion Maraman. My bad. Jam star of the game, turnovers. Without them, Lakers don't have a chance. That's true. Turnovers, that they'll, true. they'll be cut out. You talked say, about that earlier, dude. Yeah. When Booker comes back, and I don't think we can rely on this team to really be fully healthy all season, but when they get when he gets back, I say like four or five games into him being back, you won't even notice him. Like that can be one leave. of our other topics before we wrap up the show too is turnovers because I have some thoughts. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely talk about that. Adrian Olivia is hey, uh, says like right both legends. I like that a lot. That's my favorite jam star right there. John Carl, Suns and Lakers always battle. That's not yes. even a jam star right there. Um, Jack That's Booker, a good answer, John for the random backgrounds. Yeah. So John wasn't in the accounting office today. So um, <laughs> shout out to him for that. So yeah. Um, KBD, we can talk about him a little bit. I think he's really definitely improved. I think he's someone I can totally trust. Even his missed threes. Tonight, he was one for six from three. Usually, I'd be upset. You know, I see that one for six. That's, you know, that's disgusting. But I like the looks he has. I like his release. I, I like the dude a lot. Maybe he should, you know, throw some pump pump fakes in there, use his body. We've seen that earlier in the season where he can use his body and get the ball off the glass, get some good looks. But tonight, I'm just like, those shots didn't go in. I still trust him. But I just notice him right off the bat playing, of course, against the best player on the other team. Not much you can do against LeBron when he weighs three times as much as you. But he's just he's he's that guy that's gonna be our our fifth starter now, right? He's it's over at Kogi for sure. And I think he's earned it. Do you think he's earned it? I am jumping on the K to Bates Diop bandwagon, and I'm serious. And you know what? I was kind of trolling him a little bit at the start of the year. I kept saying Kata, fifth starter, you know, Bates Diop or whatever. I was trolling him a little bit, and he must have saw that tweet. Because all of a sudden he gets into the starting. It was even before he got into the starting lineup, I believe. He had a big game. Then he gets inserted. And you know what? The offense can be there. And I believe that it it will be there eventually. Because sometimes, even if it is just one three, it's a timely three. Or a timely bucket that he does. And we all know what he does on defense. But there was a really good video that was uploaded to Twitter. And I watched this like a three-minute video of some of his best defensive highlights. And my biggest takeaway from that defensive highlights video was some of the players that he was guarding, like Cade Cunningham, um, who was a Tyrese Maxley, et cetera. I could go all day. He, he is guarding some of the best players in the league, making great defensive plays, very versatile player, good size and everything. This is why we got him. And this is why Frank Vogel is currently trusting him, you know, being our fifth starter. And another thing, too, I don't know if you noticed this, Matthew, and it was only just a couple of times, very small sample size. There was twice tonight where he was, like, wide open and Suns players missed him. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, he he gets, like, to his spots, kind of sneaks in, like, to the rim, but they just didn't find him tonight. I'm like, he is he's, he's so exciting. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I hope that he continues to start, and hopefully the offensive numbers go up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, but it's kind of a Kogi thing where the stat line I'm not going to look at, and I'm definitely yeah. not going to look at a Kogi tonight, but <laughs> KBD just brings that non-sexy stat line that's just going to do a lot more on the court. You just got to watch the game be like, yeah, he was involved in almost every play he's out there with. You know, he's kind of just making a difference in different ways. And, you know, how many, I was going to ask you, how many fouls do you think he had? Did you look? Uh, don't look. Uh, <laughs> I don't John does to me. <laughs> He had zero, zero oh. fouls tonight, too. So, I, I ha- I'm sorry. I had to look. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it zero? I want to make sure yeah, I'm even right on And he that. had no okay. turnovers. Yeah. He's yep. a negative six. So, you know, if you look at it's funny how much we go to the plus minus, but then just don't go to it. But, I hate the plus minus. Yeah. I don't really look at it that much, but he's not the sexiest thing. But like right here, Corey Flynn does say KBD is not the ideal fist star, but he's the next best forward we kind of have right now. It's true. Exactly. So I got to ask you one thing before we get out of here and we got nine more minutes do the Suns make a trade i know right now we're waiting on booker we're waiting on be able to be 100 and that's the 10th time i said that this podcast 
do you think the Suns will make a trade, the trade deadline, to find somebody else to play the power forward position? It's, Can they? It's still like I get the question. I'm going to try to answer it, but it's just so early, man. And it's too early, right? I guess I'm gonna kind of answer that with that answer. And and this That's is fine. sort of a, a I'm gonna preach to Suns fans here for a second, but it's true. I know that we're almost at 10 games now, but it is still so early in the season. Suns fans, relax. We're going to be okay. I promise. But to, I guess to try to answer your question, we're just going to have to see. I've always been the kind of person I'm like, I need to see where teams are at like December at earliest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's get to yeah. like, let's get past Christmas. And then I'll be like, okay, Matthew we do need to make a trade for a power forward or we need to make a trade for a real point guard. You know what I mean? So I guess to answer the question, let's see where we're at like December, January ish. But again, I just hope that we find a consistent fifth starter and he produces like KDB, KD, KBD is producing. Yeah. I think we're doing, when you win the rebounding matchup too against the Lakers too, a bigger team that everyone said, you know, their size is going to kill the Suns, and whether or not you want to feed into, you know, Anthony Davis sucks. If you want to keep saying that's fine, but like this is a team in the Lakers that should be out rebounding the Suns. I feel like, right? We want we we're killing it on the rebounds. The only thing is just the size defensively. But I think when you have a healthy KD with KBD, like I said earlier, they help Nurkic out a lot. And you know, a lot of GMs are saying, who would they get rid of? Who would they trade for? The thing is, for me, I just the way that HBO looks at this team, he's always going to be looking like, okay, like how can we get better? I'm exactly. going to spend, I, I don't care if it's you another $30 right million dollars mm-hmm. for Brandon Ingram or something. You know what I mean? Like That'd those are fun. guys he's probably going to be looking at. I'm And everyone's saying like, there's no way, right? Yeah. It's too early yeah. for sure. But the way he is, if you don't have to, if you can't, if you're not going to trade away KD, Beal, Booker, or Nurk, those are the main four. And you want that fifth guy. Just to be like, oh, you know what? What the Clippers got going on over there? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm joking. The Clippers suck ass, and I, I'm so glad they traded for Harden. If they're if they're gonna be looking at this this Warriors team or something, you know, if they catch fire and you're kind of scared of who they have over there, does he think like, you know, we need that extra piece just yeah. to be, you know, just to be solid, just to make sure that we had the best chance? Right now, it is too early, and I think the Suns can build themselves up to be a contender by game 40 if they're healthy. And I don't think they need to make the, yeah, I don't think they need to make the big trade, but it's just always fun to me to just see like who's out there. When I watch other games, I'm always thinking about would he look in the sun's uniform? Cause that's the way I think Matt Ishby thinks. So I just, I know the money is never going to work, but he doesn't care. That's the tricky thing too. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're like, fine. I was done. That's what these, you know, that's what James Jones and Josh Bartlestein and Matt Ishby get paid the big bucks to figure out is like, do we sort of overreact and make a trade or do we just kind of stick this thing out? But I feel like if they do, and that's a big, if as Devin Booker says, if ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. Mm-hmm. That's a big, if like maybe they'll go back and look at games like tonight saying, Hey, if we had player X, Y, or Z, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Maybe we wouldn't have lost this game or that game. But again, I think it's way too early, you know, Okay. You know, there's guys on our bench that we haven't even really tried out yet, like Metu, for example. So no, it's we'll true. see. Maybe maybe having too many good pro- players is a good problem to have, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I just don't think anything's too crazy with the owner that we have. Breach. You know what I mean? Like you know, and everyone's like, oh, you lost one game, you're four and five. It's okay. Like if you, Matt fine, Ishbia but hates that. We've been man. we've been saying that we're gonna be okay every 
weird. I'm just <laughs> sick of it because we haven't won anything yet. If we won last year, the year before, and we're like, eh, we'll be fine. It's like, yeah, because we did it before. We won a championship. But the reason I get up, just upset about that is because I'm like, well, we haven't won yet. So next game, though, Sunday at 6 p.m. Fun game. I guess, okay, see, I love the Thunder. Um, I just, I love how Chet is just going head to head now with a win before, you know, rookie of the year. The, the, I picked them to finish second in the West next to the Suns being Ooh. number one this year. Um, I love their team. I can't stop thinking about them at night. I don't know. I just, I enjoy it. And your thoughts on this team, dude? I just, have you seen them play at all? I know SGA is a superstar, but their team is just built so well. And they really, I feel like, don't need to add anything. I just think they need a few more years to really win something. But right now, I just feel like they can really take it to the next level and get up there in the 55-plus win season this year. And um, your thoughts, man. Where do yeah, you see them going I'll be honest. Year? I haven't really watched too many of their games, and I probably should be. But let's be real. They are, you know, it, as you mentioned, it might take a couple of years. But in a good way, they sort of overachieved last year. I believe they made the playing tournament and were like one game away from the playoffs or whatever. So first off, that's incredible right there, considering how young you are. And now they just added a Chet Holmgren and a couple other rookies and everything like that. So they're only going to get better from here. And I know this is kind of the cliche thing with the Thunder, but it's true. They literally have 37 draft picks or whatever over the next like seven drafts. So that's just more assets right there that they can trade if they need to build around SGA. I think they have one of the best coaches in the league. I think his name's like Mark Dagnall. I always butcher his last name, but he's a great coach. And the, yeah, the players speak very highly of him. And again, they just have a bright future. So many guys on their team I haven't even named. They are just a well-built, not bought organization and bright future. Sam Presti's their GM over there. He's doing a great job. So shout out to the Thunder, man. It's going to be tough. That's gonna, I feel like tomorrow's, or not tomorrow, Sunday's game is going to be really tough. Yeah, right now they're five and four. They did come off a loss. <clears throat> I think it's just really finding themselves this season because yeah. they are young and it's going to take some time. I do pick them to get 55 plus wins, but in the fact that I think they can have like those 12 game win streaks or something this year to where they, you know, they just, they'll they beat some cruising. of the better teams in the league. Yeah, anyway. yeah. They do have um, like um, Blaze Megatron to say danger game for us. OKC's yep. length is scary. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. It's going to be. An absolute test with this team, and I wish Booker would be back for this game, but I don't think he's going to be. I think he might wait till the next home game just to be safe. I think we got guess, two days whatever. off after the Thunder game, I believe, which that's just more time to come back. I'm gonna check oh. that right now. Yeah, we do have two days off after the Thunder. Game. Yeah, so that's that's so good. That's you know, I I go see a uh, naturopathic doctor. He's told he every time I go see him, you know, he tells me he's like Booker's always gonna get hurt. He said it starts with his lower back. He's like that guy needs to get some real treatment on his back or I was going to continue to get hurt. I'm like, please don't say that stuff to me. Right. <laughs> like just <laughs> come on. I need a break. All right. We know Booker gets hurt. And the fact that this one guy in the world knows and Booker needs to reach out to him. It's Dr. Houston Anderson. All right. So <laughs> let's wrap it up. I guess um, that's it. Sons geek. Any other final notes maybe you had tonight? Yeah, man, just real quick. You know, I won't spend too much time on this, but I'm going to spend a couple of, or a minute or so for the turnovers. And I know this yeah. is a cliche thing, but I uploaded that clip to Twitter for a reason. And again, I'm paraphrasing here, but Frank Vogel, I mean, let me just read you the turnovers tonight. We had, uh, I can't find it. We had 13 turnovers tonight, which doesn't sound that bad, but, it, and I think you sort of addressed it earlier in the show. 
it was a lot of those turnovers kind of in the first half. And Frank Vogel said we did clean those up a little bit in stretches of the second quarter, but it's just consistency. Because if you go back and look at some of the better games that we've had, the turnovers were low. Like once we start taking care of that damn ball better and we stop getting into foul trouble and everything, I believe this team is going to be tough to beat no matter who's on the floor. Take care of the ball. And and that's one thing I love about Frank Vogel is since day one, he's been preaching that. Take care of the ball. Don't turn the ball over. And and it doesn't matter who you are. Like, you could be the worst team in the league. If you take care of the ball, you're probably going to be in the ball game. So I'm I'm big on the turnovers, man. I'm jumping on that bandwagon as well. We got to take care of the ball, man. That's my little turnover rant right there. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. I don't really have too much. Um, Grayson Allen continues to surprise me. I thought Eric Gordon had a really good game. And uh, come back soon, Devin Booker. And I hope that Bradley Beal is feeling great in the morning. Yeah. You know, the turnovers is big because they just come in crucial moments, too. It's just stupid, stupid turnovers. Yeah. That's, that's you know, 13, like you said, is not bad. But when they turn it over, it's probably the worst time to turn the ball over. So exactly, that's where it's killing you. So I like the rant. Very nice. Maybe just make a short out of it. You know, yeah, send it to it. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead and follow us um, at Suns Jam on Twitter. My beat is asked, Matthew, why do you not have an Yeah, why are you I, not IG? on IG? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Suns Jam is. I just, I'm not on I'm not big in social media. Like Twitter, I'll do for just Suns Jam um youtube and that's it i don't do anything right. else um makes me a little bit more peaceful not as upset all the time and jealous of everybody i see on instagram i don't want to do that stuff that's I'm a very fair. jealous guy um but anyways <laughs> yeah so go follow us at suns geek at suns jam at matthew lissy at darth voida like subscribe if you have not yet um is there anything else you want to say before i go ahead and send this the final yeah uh thank you so much for inviting me on man like i said thanks for being on i am available if you guys ever need me and thank you for allowing me to stream this to my channel as well i do appreciate you and john you guys are amazing and if you guys are just watching the sun's jam or myself for the first time subscribe follow do all that good stuff in the comments and everything and appreciate everybody's support and yeah all right well then after that go home and love your family everybody (laughs) 